0: Get the F word out of here So I'll Hey y'all, this is Josh Kosman Before you get the F out of here, make sure you tune in to the Gaining Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver. Go back to how we
1: were before She said the F Welcome to the Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver, brought to you by Arlo Revolution. Each week, Aaron connects melodies and memories with fans and artists from all genres of life. When all else in life is gone, only music will be left to leave the legacy of life's adventures. Please welcome your host for the Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast, Aaron Shriver. Hello and
2: welcome everyone to Season 5 of the Gaining Fast on Memphis podcast, a place where we connect melodies and memories with fans, artists, and passionate, driven individuals in and around the music community. I'm your host, Aaron Shriver.
3: And I'm your co-host, Jillian Shriver.
2: Our mission tonight is to provide a platform for passionate singer-songwriters, motivated fans, or just someone who is making a difference in the world and is willing to share their stories with us. We hope everyone listening leaves inspired with positive outlook on life and begins connecting their own melodies with memories. So, but tonight we are presented by our good friends over at Arlo Revolution, cinematic wedding films, music videos, and promos. Find them at ArloRevolution.com. One Tree Planted for every 1,000 downloads we get of the show. We plant a tree with one tree planted. Download the show today on your favorite podcast app. And then finally, Poddex. Uh, Poddex are the hottest tool to get your next great interview. Unique interview questions in the palm of your hands. And then to our on-screen sponsors that you see tonight are Art on a Higher Wire by Joel, original custom artwork inspired by your life moments, treasured photos and memories, and my good bo- buddy Corey Oliphant the Original Church Choir. Honored to have him in the O.C. each week. But uh, if you guys are looking for uh, ways to support or sponsor the show um head on over to our patreon page it's the it's the i always always on that same word i get <laughs> caught up i don't know why it's the heart and soul of our show um tiers started just one dollar if you sign up for a full year you get two months free um the patreon something you can't do the be- next best ways to help the show grow is uh like share and review and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps. so look for us give us a little review share it if you can If you guys are listening, we do go uh, on the streaming side. We do go live mostly on Monday nights. Tonight's a little special night, so we had to do a little special something. But uh, make sure you guys do check out GettingFastOnMemphis.com for all your needs. Uh, Some really cool stuff. uh, Taylor, this week, new uh, podcast, or not a new podcast, but new concert review for the Wilder Blue. And we have a video interview coming up here this weekend with her, so I cannot wait
3: to so share that. So excited. It's a really
2: good interview. She's too. doing,
3: yeah, she's awesome.
2: Very good interview. Uh, and then we're going to see our good buddy Josh Kaiser and Drake Drake White this Saturday night. So be watching for some cool little footage from that. But um, yeah, I'm we ready. I think tonight's gonna be a good one though. You ready?
3: So excited. I know
2: <laughs> I know you're excited, I am too. Oh, right, I guys. love him. Tonight we welcome in River House artist Stephen Wilson Jr., the southern Indiana native, started boxing at a very young age but it was science and music that would bring him to Nashville. The singer-songwriter knows how to paint pictures with his lyrics while putting you into every lyric. Buckle up. I promise you, it's going to be a good one.
4: Uh, Welcome to the Uh, show, dude. uh, Thank you. Thank you for having me. Really great great meeting you all.
2: Oh, man. You too, man. When we got uh, Alicia reached out to us, man, and it was just awesome when she dropped your name. I was like, dude, I love this guy. Uh, I've known you've written for uh, with Jeffrey Steele, Travis Meadows, two of my personal favorites. But before course, we jump into yeah. all of that, I want to go back to your to back when you were just crawling around, man. If you can remember your earliest music memory, kind of like kind of what got you going, man, got the little musical waves going on you.
4: Oh wow, shoot! I uh, honestly, my first musical memory, I, I have to say, is hearing that song by the Cars. Called Drive. I don't know what it is. There was some time in my life that, uh, that, oh, uh, you can go
0: home thinking nothing's wrong. Bye bye. Who's going to drive you home
4: tonight? That, uh, that chorus, uh, that's for oh, some that's reason, nice. like when I hear that song, that chorus, I'm like, in my mother's womb i don't know that's the only way i can explain (laughs) it i am like i don't know i hear heartbeats and it's like that's probably my first musical memory that i can think of but the first time music really ever hit me was uh i i had this really long school bus ride to school like we were the first kids on last kids off so it was an hour and a half there an hour and a half home and it was nothing but like life's a dance country music like all the way there and uh and I remember this song by Tim McGraw came on called "Don't Take the Girl," and I had all this um, kind of issues, family stuff like domestic violence, all this stuff going on with my mom and her uh, her new husbands and stuff. So I was constantly like worried about my mom and her safety. And um, I was raised by my dad, He was a really great dad. And uh, but I was but I, I got to see my mom a good bit as, as a kid and. You know, I had a, a ton of, like, anxiety around that. And I remember mm-hmm. the song came on. I was on this school bus, like, 12 years old, like, this kid in southern Indiana. And this song come on, and three and a half minutes later or so, however long it is, I was a disaster, like, there on the school bus. And I was able to, like, copy and paste my mom's situation into this song that had you nothing you to do with You lived it. You myself. felt it. Yeah yeah and i really like you know don't take the girl god take me don't take the girl that was like somehow like as a young kid that like resonated with me and it had nothing to do with the writer wasn't going after that they were like basically capturing an intention and then they and they were and i was able to like become the star of that song for three and a half minutes and you know i was wondering like at the time like what the hell just happened to me like that was it was a bit of a like, I'd seen movies, I'd seen all kinds of things that took way longer to have any sort of effect like that on me. And this song
5: mm-hmm.
4: is a little bit like magical. And, and after, like, I, I instantly kind of had to like wonder, like, who are the wizards behind that? Who, who created that magic? And yeah. I found out it was these songwriters in Nashville. And, and then ever since then, that was probably when I first got bit by the bug of understanding that, oh, I, this is what a song can really do i'd only been hearing songs my whole life i'd never really been listening to them and i finally listened to one that had that that perfect formula for doing that and it was like whoa one finally hit you it finally like grabbed you and said hey man this is this is what's going
2: on man it's yeah. it became real
4: yeah it put me in a machine like it created (laughs) like and i just i'd never experienced that before and and ever mm-hmm. since that moment, I was, like, chasing that feeling. And that's basically, as a songwriter, that's all I'm trying to do is create mm-hmm. the same experience that I had.
2: So. Oh, I'm, I'm we're going to get into it. You, you kind of already have, for, at least for me, in a way. <laughs> but... uh Oh. I, and I love that how you said that about a song. How it wasn't the direction the writer was going, but how you took it. There's a there's a. I'm a huge Eric Church fan, but I'm a bigger yeah. uh, Casey Bethard fan too. Uh, I love his writing. Yeah, One of yeah. an early song that Eric recorded that wasn't his own was like Jesus does. Is a huge song, and it's like love you like Jesus does. I'm like. That's not that's not for like a wife or a girlfriend. That's for a mom. I'm like that song. Like no one's gonna leave a a wife or a girl. They're gonna leave you out. Mom won't ever leave you like that. And I always I asked Eric one day. I said, How did you take it? He goes, Dude, the way you said it about it it is more meaning for a mom in a way. And the writer I don't think was meaning him for the mom, but I I don't know. It was my mom and I's first song we danced
4: to and stuff like that. I like it
2: how we could take songs and kind of make it our own in a way.
4: So, yeah, I think that's the perfect song, and there's so many songwriters and artists that have been able to do that, and um, I think that's the 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 most enjoyable and kind of timeless component of music, because if you make it all about the artist, it only has so much sustainability, but if it all becomes about the listener,
5: mm-hmm.
4: like you and your mom are the star of that song, and and everybody else in their situation becomes yeah. that star, and the song lives forever
2: exactly dude and i love that and because that's like everybody says songs will be here long after we are and that's how we leave our staple in the world
4: one can only hope
2: so, <laughs> so you were a boxer too man growing up tell me a little bit about boxing uh was your dad boxer too or what got you into it man
4: yeah my dad was a fighter and he got into it like he was really there he and my mom were babies raising babies and
5: mm-hmm.
4: uh they divorced when i was about five and um my dad was like about five years into his career, and he was uh, boxing out of Indianapolis, and I used to uh, go with him to the gyms and stuff like that, and watch him fight and watch him compete a bunch. Um, and a lot of times, me and my brother or me and some other kid would would open up the fights. It was like it was this weird kind of like we do it at these police athletic clubs and there was all this like under the table gambling going on and stuff. And it was pretty wild because, you know, you would wear like our color, like red gloves, red headgear, like red bands. And they'd wear blue, blue gloves. And everything. Really like, it. so it'd just be like yelling your color. They didn't care about your name. <laughs> they just be like Red, blue, go blues. Like almost like. It's like medieval like, times. Like, like, like they were, like they were gambling and I, I was the dice. And uh, oh, so man. they were like, and, or I was one of the dice and, yep. uh, but it was also really cool because, you know, I got to have all these crazy experiences. And so my dad started training me and my brother at about, I fought my first fight when I was about six years old, seven years old, and then fought for, you know, my early teens. And then I quit and my brother kept going. He became like a, uh, a junior Olympian and a wow. silver gloves champ. And then he and I both fought in the golden gloves later. And, yeah and all that stuff so it was all um it's just kind of a family tradition but it was i think it was my dad's way of preparing me inadvertently right. for life because i was a i was a real weird kid he was we were very different i have his name but i and i have his eyes <laughs> but uh but we were very different as people um like i was very academic and very quiet and weird and uh just a bit of an oddball very very quiet mm-hmm. and um and he was you know kind of a bit of a personality He was really good at sports I wasn't really good at team sports he was really good at all the sports and I was just really good at boxing that was my only thing because I never had to let anybody down so it's just me so I could handle (laughs) that and uh but his he kind of set a bar really high because I don't think he really knew what to do with me once I got into like academics and music it was like okay you're kind of in a world that I don't understand but if I can put you in an arena where you have to fight another human being for 11 minutes and walk out, win or lose, then I think you there's very little you can't do. Like it's like a really high bar for. Um, you know, anxiety-inducing situations that you're going to get into in life, whether it's a traffic jam or whether it's uh, performing at an arena in front of fifteen thousand people or whatever it is. Once you fight another human being, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. it's not. It's not, as, it's not that bad. And it, <laughs> it, it preps it just, for life. Yeah, it was. It was his, his boy named Sue.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally.
4: It was like his his preparation, and I don't think he really was going after it that way but that was and subconsciously it was his way of kind of doing that this is this is what i got to give to that situation other than that i you're kind of on your own and
2: that's cool so
4: So he was also he was also my biggest fan i gotta say he's he's been gone for three years and i miss him every day but he's uh I yeah, I think that
2: about that, that all the time, dude. Because my dad's mid seventies now, and everything else, and he's always he's been my biggest supporter too, and he, they always are, and everything. So I always think about that, and yeah, Hank, cherish it when it's here. But yeah, man, I definitely I, I love that story, man. I love that he got you into that. Um, now I, I had a Jeremy Spillman on not too long ago, and he talked about like songwriting. Um, and he's songwriting with our, or wrote with Eric Church before about sparring almost like in songwriting and boxing like one in one in, or them being one in the same in a way have you ever pro- approached songwriting that way like kind of like you're sparring with another co-writer or like you spitting out your favorite line they're going to spit out their favorite line back and you're trying to beat that that line have you ever looked at it that way
4: oh absolutely okay yeah i would say it's very much like uh a uh, uh, a set of combinations that you start like, and everybody has their own tricks and everybody has their little thing. Um, so there you get to see like two different styles kind of clash together in the ring. But instead of like beating the shit out of each other, we're on the same team. Yeah. And,
2: uh, can I say that word? Yeah. Hell yeah, you can. All right.
0: (laughs) Shit. Yeah, you can. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, but, uh... I I put
2: an E next to these episodes for a reason.
4: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good deal. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's just kind of. But at the end of the day, we both win. We hopefully both walk out with the best song. It's Hell kind yeah, of a, f- a forged in the fire moment where we kind of get to sharpen each other's swords and, um, and really, you know, hopefully in the best of situations, show the best of what we have, because yeah. that usually yields the best song. And by the way, Jeremy Spillman's a beast and Hell a good yeah, fr- good friend of mine and. And, uh, he's, he couldn't have hit the the nail on the head. I think it's a little bit of a sparring match, but it's also a little bit of a tennis match so, or, or <laughs> ping pong, whatever you want to call it. Have
2: you, it. uh, have you read his book yet? That book is awesome, man.
4: Divine Devils? Yeah. I have not. I, uh, I need to dig into it. I'm about halfway through. So I gotta yeah, finish got it.
2: it, but it's, it's really good. The parts I read, it's an uh, awesome guy. Awesome, man. So over the years, uh, You finally decided to embark on Nashville. Uh, What part of southern Indiana are you from?
4: So I'm from a little cornfield town called Seymour. Okay. That's where John Mellencamp is from, actually. Yeah. We're
2: we're located in Chicago, so that's why I was curious because... Oh, we we'll okay, go through yeah. Indiana
4: all the time on our way
2: to Tennessee. So,
4: well, it's 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 Southern Indiana, it's Kentuckiana. Okay. I guess they would call that area. It's where the Midwest and the South shake hands. That kind of junction okay. spot. And um, I don't know why Kentuckiana is the thing. It should be Indiana. Indiana. I guess I don't know what would be better. I think. <laughs> so did you nah, know the indie band? Uh, were you in
2: the indie band before you went to Nashville?
4: No, I started that band. um, After you, so you already went. Yeah, I came down here to go to school. So I was, I came down here to be a a microbiologist. And uh, I I guess a chemist as well. But um, so that was like, you know, science was, you know, my ticket out of my hometown at the time, even though I love my hometown. But as a young, as a younger man, I was like um, a bit of, you know, I was just ready to get out of there for yeah. a while. So I, I had a bit of a rebellious streak and I knew science was my ticket out of there and my ticket to keep me out of there. And uh, so I, I stuck with that. It's something I was good at, but it wasn't yeah, something man. I was passionate about. It was just something I just so happened to be good at. And so I finished my degree and started that band my senior year. Right. As I was graduating with my bachelor's, I was going to go get my PhD or whatever and, instead decided to go live in a van and play like 150 (laughs) shows a year and tour and we hear and, uh, this all the
2: time. <laughs>
4: we hear this, the same stories. Like, yeah, I, was, I
2: got, I got this degree, but I'm just going to go ahead and just live in a van for a little. While. It's like, yeah. I love that because it's where you follow your passion, man. It's your passion will always come out. And hey, if that doesn't work out, you always could fall back on being a scientist. Why not? Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love
2: totally. that you called yourself once a song scientist. And I really feel that about you because when I hear your songs, it's just, there's a science to your music, man, to the songs that you've written, that, unlike anybody else's I've heard. I mean, and you've written some great songs with some amazing people already, but the stuff you're putting out personally right now is just, dude, I haven't heard stuff like this forever, for a long time. I mean, we're going to get more into your music, but just phenomenal blows me away. But I love that term, a song scientist. So I heard that earlier. I was like, dude, I love that.
4: <laughs> uh, well, thanks. Yeah, it's the science part, you know, comes into it a good bit. That's you know, I have a little bit of a chemistry component to, to what I do, but there's also a real spiritual element as well. So I like to, I have a lot of, you know, kind of fundamentalist religion in my upbringing too. That's yeah. a whole other story, but, but, uh, you know, there's a nice contrast with the, um, with faith and science, kind of the, the two warring heads, so to speak yep. in uh modern culture, but, I so, find they're better friends than you think. <laughs> when I was researching and I,
2: and I read you were an R&D scientist, I, I need to know what R&D means. I mean, when I hear r I hear research and development. So if that's the case, what were you, I mean, kind of what were you digging into? What was like maybe some of your big finds or things that interested you or amazed you why you were working or going to school to be a microbiologist?
4: Um, well, I uh, I mean, I guess my... my fines so to speak i worked as a as a micro for a pharmaceutical company for a while and then i uh, worked for mars the food company i worked in r&d for them which does stand for research and development i uh you know there's a lot of stuff i can't really talk about that i worked on in depth because i signed an nda when i uh hired on there (laughs) so i can't get into depth but you know, there's uh, a, a couple of different products and stuff that I, I did a lot of formulations and product trials and nice. stuff like that for them. There's this product out there called sticks Fresh. Like, it actually cleans your dog's teeth. Yeah. But, uh, had a, You know, that was kind of one of my projects that I got to work on. I said, so
2: you didn't try those out. Those weren't your uh, testers, were they? <laughs> no. All
4: right. I, had th- I had my dog try them Hell out, for yeah, sure. <laughs> But, uh, I got a saint Bernard laying over here next to me but That's awesome um, man if he makes too much noise let me know but oh, he's you're all just good, yeah. he's snoozing <laughs> but uh but yeah um that and like a few other of their brand you know line extensions and stuff like that and sKUs I worked on um but yeah I kind of got to the point where that job i was you know working in a lab and I was writing songs all the time even when I was working mm. in the lab I could kind of like <laughs> work you know do science with one hand and write songs with the other and um and it got a little ridiculous to the point where i was you know kind of starting to excel in the company and and um hit this point kind of a crossroads where i had a really great coworker tell me that you know they're about to put the golden handcuffs on you where You know, with a company like that, which is a really great company, by the way, Mars really took great care of me and they were an amazing uh, employer to have. And they take great care of their other employees. Um, But, you know, they I knew and he he knew that, uh, you know, if I was going to excel in that company, that my songwriting days were probably going to become, you know, a little bit more of a, a low priority and if anything fall to the wayside. And he hated to see that, and he just wanted to let me know, "Hey, this this is where you are in your life." I was there thirty years ago. Uh, maybe I wish, you know, whatever, you know. You can't really turn back time. I just want to make it aware to you. And about four weeks after that conversation, I put in my two weeks and walked out the door. And everybody was like, "What the hell?" And <laughs> and I just said, "I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go write songs until." Uh-huh until it turns into money and there's uh, that passion
2: again coming back at yeah do i love that dude
4: yeah and so i waited tables and bartended and did that for about two and a half three years until this guy named chris Oglesby at bmg publishing heard one of my weird songs and pretty much signed me on the spot and i'll be eternally grateful and it, it basically is. changed my life right there what song was it that you heard yeah, it was a song I've never released. It's called It's No Wonder. Oh, nice. And uh, I probably couldn't play it for you to save my life right <laughs> now. But. Do you think you'll
2: ever release it down the road?
4: maybe i one? think uh i might have to yeah. i always
2: like to hear like 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 i said i was a huge i'm a huge church fan his song was lightning it's off his first album and that was the one that people heard and just they gravitated to and it's what got him his record deal so i always like to see what was the song that got got you guys brought in what was the song that, that grabbed them so that's gonna be awesome yeah hopefully one day yeah. you bring that song back around that'd be cool
4: <laughs> i might just have to especially
2: if it got you your deal now you got you almost got to do that down the road
4: <laughs> yeah for sure yeah
2: so um you're gonna be joining Brothers Osborne uh, on a European tour coming up, dude. Are you psyched about this? Or I know we're jumping on. <laughs> how do you feel about like going over there? And I know it's a weird time right now in the world and everything going around, but I know it's gonna be really cool. I know you're writing a couple songs with them, but like just to get out and about and play some shows is gonna be pretty neat, huh?
4: Oh, I'm super excited <laughs> for that. I mean, I've I've been to the UK before and I've toured over there, and those fans over there are just. Uh, not to be matched um they're um really passionate about live music i gotta say from my experience and i just love those guys so much the brothers osborne they're they're the greatest live band Mm -hmm. in all genres if not all country music and um they put on a hell of a show and i'm just there to just kind of take that in and be there as a support act in any way that i can i'm just honored that they asked me to come out and play with them and They've been so uh, supportive of me and my artist endeavors. I mean, I honestly, how I met them is a friend of mine had heard this song. I sent it to her before I'd ever released anything. I was about to release this song called The Devil. It was my first song I'd ever released, and I sent it to my friend, and she, she, uh, you know, she responded by saying, Hey, I hope you don't mind. I I sent this to the brothers Osborne and I was like, okay, I guess you liked it. And, uh, and anyway, it wasn't long after that, that I got a call from T you know, from John, I think, Mm -hmm. or my publisher did saying, Hey, I, I would really love to write with him.' And, So it was like, it was a cool way kind of how we connected. They just heard one of my weird songs and that I hadn't even released yet. And it it was the kind of the song that started it all really for me as an artist. And, and, um, and they heard it and, um, yeah. And just said, Hey man, we'd love to write together. And then that question turned into, Hey man, you want to come play some shows with us? And I'm like, i'm here for all of it so is that
2: were um uh, well make it a good one did that come out of that that first right there that you guys had with them because that's one that i'm here i love that song <laughs> oh thank
4: you um it is uh it is the first song we had ever written nice, together in it, and it has a very personal story um it is uh if i'll go into it i hope yeah, they don't man. mind but no, I um, want you, yeah they, I a- okay so we were writing it was our first song we'd ever written and um so we're writing this other song, this, I can't even remember what the title was. That's how, I guess, whatever it meant to us. But um, we were writing this other idea, and um, about an hour and a half into the ride, I get this call from my sister telling me, hey, you, you need to be home for Thanksgiving and Christmas this year. Make sure you're you're home for all the holidays because, you know, dad's not doing well.
5: Yeah.
4: And it was a real very hard text to you. Cause they were at the doctor getting a bunch of tests done that day. And I heard, and I got that text in the middle of that. Right. And you know, it was like a, a destructive text for me. Like, like I was like, okay, I either, I need to leave because I'm about to lose my, my, my shit. So to speak. Yeah. And, uh, or, you know, I just need to stay and do what I need to do and, like I didn't know, so I, I walked outside. Told the guys, "Hey, I need to go take this call." And my sister told me this, and I sat out there for a good five minutes, debating on what to do. Because I, like, honestly, at that time, I was like, I don't even remember the song we were writing. Like, I, I just, like, I was so out of my head. I was like, How can I even write a song right now? And um, so I walked back in, and my dad. You know, I was just trying to think. That my dad would probably want me to just plow through it you know the boxer Mm -hmm. mentality you know just you know never give up just keep going and regardless and i i sit back down and i'm about to tell the guys like what just happened and even though i don't know them that well like i'm just about to tell them hey guys i probably need to bounce this i just got some really rough news and 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 before i say that john says hey man i know we're working on this idea but could we, like, maybe to try a different direction? I have this idea that's just been kind of burning a hole through my head, and he starts singing this song, like, you know, the chorus. Mm-hmm. Make
0: it a good one, make it a long one. If you're gonna pour one, pour it,
4: make it a strong one. And he kind of just goes into the, you know, the uh, the chorus, almost. Like, he had the song, the chorus, which is a huge mm-hmm. part of the song, like, 75% written. And, like, the, his... That chorus was the answer to my question, you know, that do I continue or do. And it was just like, okay, make it a good one. Make it a strong Mm -hmm. one. If you're going to, or make it a long one. If you're going to pour one, make it a strong one. Give all your heart to someone. Leave nothing unsaid or undone. You know, life goes by, you know, 90 miles a minute. If you blink once, you might just miss it. So hold on tight carnival ride around the sun. When the day is done, make it a good one. And I was like, okay, we're. We're gonna we're gonna make this song a damn good oh, one, man. and and I just put it. I didn't tell them anything. I didn't say a word to them about it. And we just dug into those verses. You know, like you ain't ever gonna find a U-Haul getting pulled behind a hearse. Hell, leave the best of yourself behind you. You can't fit it with you down in the dirt. You know, there's like all that realness of that moment came out real thick and real just happened and I walked away and just, you know, bawled my eyes out all the way home and told them about it about six months later and they had no clue and and they were so sweet about it. They're like, dude, you totally could have left. <laughs> like like, you know, like I mean, you're like, if I would have left
2: we would never have had that song though. <laughs> we never would have yeah, had that no. magic though. I mean that's just then that's where we're almost when people are the, at their vulnerable state is when you get the best art out of someone I mean like artists like painters um sometimes when you see these painters these people just lock themselves in rooms and paint these pictures man and that's why i always tell like i feel like songwriters are the same way they're painting these these lyrics and he's painting these pictures with these lyrics and i i love how that all comes by and i know you say like your weird songs like and it's not weirdness it's just art it's just the way your art just screams it's just it's awesome dude and these little stories is this it's what's kind of bringing these songs to life and I, I love this man i love that story about that Cause now every time I hear that song, now I'm gonna think about that moment. So, thank you for that. Oh, That's okay. really cool.
4: Oh, you're very welcome. So and it it, may, it really means a lot to me when when I hear that song, or just when it came out. It was like okay, it mm-hmm. was a bit of a I don't know, just mm-hmm. a moment yep. that I'll, I'll never forget.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing story, dude. So uh, we talked about writing with Jeffrey Steele, Travis Meadows. For you, who have you not written with, or and who have you written with that you've just been blown away by? And, um, like, who do you want to write with that kind of on your dream rights, maybe?
4: Oh, okay. Well, you mentioned Casey Beth, or Casey God, and I haven't dude, written yet, so dude. I would love to write with him. Dude, um, that wouldn't be dangerous. <laughs> All two together. Yeah. who no, Bring it on. I ain't scared. But, uh, no, it, it sounds like fun.
2: Dude, that um, that heart and soul album that Eric Church just put out, um, I feel like that was mainly a lot of that was Casey Bethard behind that because yeah. it was right after he lost his son. It was months after he lost his son he put that song or that that album out, and I'm like, dude. So just the emotions that went out of that album was just blowing me away. But All right, yeah, Eric, I ahead.
4: agree. Um, well, there's there's other. I mean, there's other like Natalie Hemby. I'm a big Ooh. fan of hers, and um, I'm a big fan of the high women in general. Like I would love to write with any anyone in that band. <laughs> but uh you know, I'm a big Amanda Shires fan too. And um so all you know, all of those would be dream rights for me. Um let's see, who else that um that I'm probably drawing a blank on. Um but you know, John Mellencamp, that would be Dude. a dream right. If he I don't think he co writes with people, but I would love to just sit around and uh, eat eat a bologna sandwich or something with him and pick his brain.
2: you're my neighbor technically now. So would you think the 1994 version of you would ever have thought that you would have a social media site that went from five followers to 16,000 followers in 24 hours over one song?
4: No. um, (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess not. (laughs) Um, Honestly, like if you had told me, as a kid hell if you'd have told me at 25 even that i would be singing songs like in the capacity that i would never would have believed you because i wasn't really a a singer i wasn't trying to be a singer and never planned on being a singer i was never one of those kids that wanted to be a star i never wanted to be on stage i never Mm -hmm. it wasn't anything i hated attention um, well, it's not like your dad got you, like you said, got you prepped with the boxing, kind of got you out
2: there and pushed you a little bit because I put you in on a stage in a way.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was like mm-hmm. my first stage was a boxing ring, hands yeah. down. Um, but that that was different. You know, I just I never um, I never wanted to be a star, so to speak. You know, like some kids just want to be a star. <laughs> like uh, that's just never been in the in the cards for me or at least wasn't in my mind and um and i um, yeah i would have never believed that i'd be a singer honestly i I'd, I'd never really sang anything on my own until maybe six or seven years ago six years ago and ever and
0: it's awesome
4: man and now i am so
2: it's <laughs> really weird so i want real quick before you move on to our 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 promote our sponsored section of the night. Um, uh, you're married to Lee Nash uh, from Sixpence and Under Richer, which is amazing. But I want to talk a little bit about this new song y'all have made for this. So it was something about, you kind of started writing it before the pandemic or for the pandemic and then it turned into, like, I, I was reading a little bit about, it. but the line, like we love like hell and fight like hell too, like that together. Like when I was reading that, I'm like, "Damn, dude, <laughs> that's my wife and I." Are like to the T, like we'll we'll fight, we'll have our our arguments, and we've been together what 17 years now, <laughs> I think it's been. But I mean, yeah, she's my best friend at the, at the end of the day too. So, but tell me a little bit about about that that song and just kind of how it came together.
4: Yeah, well, we were, yeah we were in the kind of beginning part of the uh, pandemic, and it um. It, here, sorry, I just lost my thing. But I, uh, well we were in the beginning part of the pandemic and um, got in a pretty, you know, uh, sizable fight,
5: mm-hmm. and
4: uh, <laughs> and we, uh, you know, we're talking about you know just the whole situation, and we decided to go out on a blanket on the yard in the backyard and just started writing a song, and um, Lee brought up this quote. That she heard about Jamie Lee Kurt from Jamie Lee Curtis in one of her marriages about similar about the scene changing as you, if you just wait and um we kind of were able to pull that idea into a song and, you know, and, you know, we're not made for this was just mm. something that kind of came out naturally. It wasn't like, we're not made to fight. We're not made to do all this stuff, but it's, you know, the, it just kind of took us through the whole spectrum of love, you know, you starting out with the, I hate you. And, (laughs) and then the, uh, ending with the, I love you, (laughs) you know, and everything in between, you know, the, the egos and and all those personality quirks that kind of, you know, come into play when you're in a relationship, especially been together for so long and cooped up together in a pandemic. Um, so yeah, it was it was just a real easy song to write. It wasn't a, something that we had to labor over. Just like okay, about uh, two hours and a bottle of wine later, we, in a little bit of mild sunburning, we um, we had the song.
2: Dude, it's a phenomenal song. I love it. That's why I'm like, I had to at least ask you about it because I know you guys came out and talked a little bit about it and about how this is making of the song. I'm like, dude, I love the story behind it. This episode is powered by Poddex.
1: Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations,
2: you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order
3: right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code What's the code?
1: Fast on Memphis.
3: Yes, that's the code. Check
2: out poddex.com, take your podcast to the next level. All right, well we're going to move on to our powered by Poddex sec- section and I I pulled two cards earlier. What motivates you to keep wanting to perform and make music? So you've, you've dug your feet into boxing, uh, you're, you're a scientist, but what keeps you keep wanting to do that music? What's your drive, man?
4: Um, I guess like, shoot, um, I guess seeing people connect to music, um, you know, songs are gifts, I, um, I find they're often just given to me and, um, and as long as they, they keep on our being given to me that's a big driver right there because if you write songs long enough you know that they live it at this like we talked talked about earlier they live a much longer life Mm -hmm. than human beings do so you can't really look at it on the scale of like oh i gotta write a song and it's gotta succeed in this amount of time or it's failed you know like you can't really look at it like that you just kind of can only do the work and uh and put it out there and when it finds its way it finds its way it could be after you're long gone Mm -hmm. it could be after your kids are long gone who knows you just never know the life of a song and where it'll where it'll go all you can do is just do the work so as long as that inspiration is still there and i still have that um you know that drive to do that that's what keeps me going and just seeing people connect with songs like on on tiktok for example there's People that duet with the song on the, you know, like Year to Be Young, nineteen ninety four, and they sometimes start crying, they start laughing, they, st- you see this myriad of emotions that human beings go through, and that's and it really it's there's just these markers for these moments that people are having, and um, that's really what I'm more interested in making moments instead of making money. I love it. And man. if and if I can just keep doing that, I'll be. I'll be the richest man on earth. I love that
2: man. All right. And our next one, if you could go back in time, maybe 1994 <laughs> and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be?
4: Uh, chill out, man. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you slow down. Probably. Yeah. I was really, I was moving fast when mm. I was younger I'm still probably moving a little quick, but you know, slow down. Um, but, you know, I don't know if I would have wanted to tell myself anything different because I, I wouldn't have wanted to affect the outcome. Yeah. If I'm going to get really into the ethics of time travel and all that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, if I'd have told myself to chill out. I might have chilled out too much. And I don't know. Yeah,
5: right.
0: but,
4: uh, but yeah, I guess I, if, if just theoretically speaking, I, I guess I'd have told myself to slow down
0: all
2: right so our new new uh part of this show we kind of do i started doing it a couple weeks ago i kind of like doing this so i call it melodies and memories and we talked about this earlier i'm gonna play a little snippet of four songs one at a time and tell me the first memory you have so the first song is definitely going to be one that you'll be familiar with go ahead So in bloom nirvana when you hear this song where does it take you where do you think
4: Uh, I guess instantly I'm on a living room floor sitting against with my back against the recliner, the, the part that reclines, not sitting on the recliner, sitting with my back against it on a carpeted floor with a large TV that you could probably live inside of that. They probably make tiny homes out of now. Um, (laughs) And watching that video on MTV oh, yeah, man. over and over again. I still remember um, that. I still remember that today. <laughs> all right. This next one
2: is a little bit country and a little bit R and B is both the same. So go ahead and play that. I swear, so I swear I've all for one and John Michael Montgomery had it. Do You have a memory with this song at all?
4: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big time. That's, you know, school bus for sure. I mean, that's, yeah, I just remember hearing that at the school on the school bus all the time. Yeah. That was that was a cold, like green pleather school bus seat. <laughs> they all had that like weird yeah.
2: tape or weird whatever that it was they fixed it with. Whenever it had yeah. a hole, they fixed it yeah. with some
4: weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, little tears in it and like cracking that little window open to get a little air and yeah, that's what that in Cornfield's going Yours by.
2: Yours had music. I don't think our buses had music, dude. Like You're telling me, like, uh-huh. like, like don't take the girl and everything. I'm like, I don't think we had music.
3: No, we certainly did yeah. not have music on our bus. But we also yeah. didn't have a long ride either.
2: I had my Walkman, yeah. but every time they hit a, or Discman, every time it they hit a bump, it would skip.
3: Your CD would skip.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you'd hope for a one that had an eight-second anti-skip on it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, those were, yeah. those were nice. Yeah. All right,
2: I'm going to play the next one. This is going to be a good one.
4: Sabotage, beastie Boys, man. Where does this song take you? Um shoot. Man, probably high school. Just like um like maybe or middle school maybe something like that. Just like a Walkman
2: listening to that
4: on repeat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alright, and then yeah. the final one. You must, mess,
2: mess, mess uh, mentioned this one already in a song, so go ahead. Last Dance with Mary Jane, dude. When you hear this song where does it take you to where
4: does it take you back to same deal as the first question MTV okay. Kim Basinger him like dancing around with her and um yeah hearing that song and being like whatever this is <laughs> I'm all in this is like and that song good to be King when I first heard that song I literally about just fell out of myself but is. yeah that whole you know that whole song her whole song, that whole album was yeah. just insane. We lost really him that whole era of Tom Petty. Lost him general. way too
2: young, man. Way too young lost him. Yeah, he still, still had a lot of life left. So, all right, this is our rapid fire question, our hot seat, we call it. So I'm going to ask 10 quick questions, 60 seconds on the board. First thing that comes to your mind to spit it out. The first vinyl you ever purchased.
4: Uh, that I can remember. Shoot. Uh, Bruce Springsteen Pink Cadillac Hell yeah One song you wish Oh, one
2: song you wish you wrote
4: Uh, Don't Take the Girl Hell yeah man Who has the best pizza You ever had Uh, Best pizza Shoot Um, Damn I'm pretty I'm a cheap date Jets
2: (laughs) What's the strangest thing You've ever seen In the middle of the road a UFO. Hell yeah, dude! We got—we're gonna have to do that. We're gonna have to talk about that down the road, because <laughs> I definitely need to talk about that. That was awesome. What was one, What was the first car you ever
4: owned? Uh, it was an S10 pickup truck. No, I'm sorry, not not correct. It, no, it was an S10 pickup truck. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, I right. am right. With a uh, had a white door. It was a black truck.
0: All right,
4: white, white drivers, white driver's side door. My go, first go. car
3: was white with a gray door. Is it that? was a Mazda minivan. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Three different colors, but it it worked.
2: What's one thing people buy that you feel is a waste of money?
4: Um, shoot, maybe lottery tickets. All right.
2: What's your hometown <laughs> famous for?
4: John Mellencamp. All right.
2: Eight-hour drive between shows, you get one gas station stop for snacks.
4: What three items are you buying? Um, probably mixed nuts, um, almonds, just straight almonds, no mixture of almonds, um, and maybe a big red. Hell yeah, all right. All right Not the this- gum, the soda.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I got you. <laughs> All right. And the last one, um, I, I there's pictures that you played the Bluebird. You got right with some phenomenal writers, some badass things you got to do over the time, man. What's still on your bucket list? Like, what do you still want to accomplish? What do you still want to get to do? Um, just before you call
0: it a day.
4: Uh, I don't know. I just want to, I want to play all the shows. I want to travel all the countries and I want to meet all the people. Um, I I have I feel like a lot of miles left, and I have a lot of songs to write and a lot of shows to play, and I want to play. You know, you know, I would I would die a happy man playing the Ryman, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I would also die a happy man playing Madison Square Garden, and I would die a happy man in an hour. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, i either of those scenarios, whatever. God grants me, I I would take, but I'm gonna work my my damnedest to kind of just—I don't know—I just love connecting with people and and if I can do that in a bigger venue, so be it. If not, so be it.
2: (laughs) That is awesome, man. That is so cool. So we're gonna wrap up uh, with a couple (laughs) songs tonight. Um, We were running late, so we were gonna do an after show, but we're just gonna do two tonight. So we definitely gotta do "Year to Be Young" 1994, Um, but. We talked about the beginning If you still want to do the beginning um, You can do that But let's leave it up to you, man Whatever you kind of want to do uh, But before you do that The first one Tell me tell me the story behind it, Kind of where it came from Because I definitely want you To kind of break the song down A little bit
4: Okay um, it's, um, I'm trying to think of Which song to play At the moment um, Let's see So we got hmm. I might have to do a little bit of tuning, but uh... or I could play the beginning. Why
2: not? All right, man. Shoot. Let's, so tell me about that one. How how did it come to you?
5: All
4: right, um, so this song woke me up in the middle of the night. Um, I gotta say it. Um, it. I get woken up by songs a good bit, and I, love that. I um. This song was a bit of a um, revelation in a, in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, it, I, I basically had this idea because I grew up in this pretty hardcore, uh, you know, religious community, and I was I'd been told my whole life as a kid that the world was about the end, imminently, and Armageddon was inevitable, and it was soon so like i spent my whole childhood kind of fearing that and i remember you know people asking me like what i was going to be when i grew up and and i was like what what do you mean i'm not gonna grow up i'm gonna i'm gonna you know die in this armageddon that y'all are talking about here really soon and uh <laughs> so it really kind of framed my uh my outlook on life and how i saw life and um so I had this idea one day that we've perhaps been talking about the end ever since the beginning, and it was a a moment of like, whoa, okay, that that's a heavy thought. Um, and I went to sleep that day, and I woke up in the middle of the night with this this, this worm of a melody going and it like woke me up at the night like kind of just like this chant and i couldn't let it go and and then as i stayed awake the words just kind of fell out like instantly like and i wrote them all down and woke my wife up she got pissed off and told me to go back to bed <laughs> and um and then yeah I, I woke up the next day and put it all to music because i you know i just i had it all right there is just like many songs are gifts. That one was especially a gift. And so, um, as weird as it is, I just, I had to record it and I'd, I had to write it the way it was given to me. So.
2: I love yeah. that, man. Do you keep like a pad of, <clears throat> pad of paper or anything next to your bed? Just in case you wake up, you got
4: to run, just got an idea you got jot down or. Honestly, I use my phone. It okay. sounds like yeah. it doesn't really matter. I think as long as you capture no. the idea and the intention no. behind it and, um, sometimes I'll get my voice memo out and record yeah. like the way that because a lot of times, times the cadence is given to me already. Yeah. Like I don't know the key or like what key it's in yet, but I know the, the phrasing of it already. Mm-hmm. I just got to pick a key and go. And uh, so I'll, I'll record it that way. But honestly, I my with the light and everything, my phone is just such a quick thing. <laughs> oh, I can, yeah. I can honestly, I, I can type way faster than I can write with my hands Another thing i wish we had it, in the 90s the, the ideas are flying through my head so fast i have to i have to be able to write it quickly
2: so <laughs> that is awesome well i'm going to give you the stage man here's the beginning guys i cannot wait for this one you guys are going to love this
4: one. all right <clears throat>
0: And keep us afraid. Yeah, fire and flood Or fall from above, so count your days. And all the towns will turn to dust, and all the gold is left to rust, so they sing. With a pit full of rage, Johnny he softly song, he song. Yeah, the mock of the beast, depart to see to find her song. And I read all the books, and I poured through the pages. Not for a work, I had a revelation. there's a And build them a church to share the fear. Cause on the end of the road, a billboard swears in Disney. And the rich people a bunker. And I've seen the signs wonder. and wonders. And at read all reports of my poor little No more, I'm the road, I had a revelation. And I'm there's a trend. The world keeps spinning and weeping. Ever since the beginning, the sun comes over again. Get the sun comes over again. Somebody, oh my love, I'm grateful love to change it. All I'm curse to be kind, of you. and maybe we ain't finished. And maybe this is
5: just
0: the beginning—the
5: beginning. The beginning. I love Dude,
2: <laughs> you have just such—I—I—I I, I don't know what it is. This—this this unique like artistry about you that just is amazing, man. Um, before we oh, get into the last dude. one, I want dude. you to tell me about this guitar, dude. This guitar—the sound of this <laughs> thing—is just oh. A story. Yeah, yeah, what's I'm the thinking. story with this guitar, dude?
4: Um, well, I got it on Craigslist <laughs> at a pawn shop, <laughs> or not at a pawn shop on a. Sorry, from a guy who did have a, he had a pawn shop before, but he was a a guy that was just collecting all these guitars, and he kind of got
3: some instructions,
4: I think, from his wife to liquidate some of his uh, inventory, and uh, I was looking for one of these 70s gut strings, and um, I don't know, the minute, the second really I put my hands on it, I was like instantly in love with it, and... It just uh, it just had this, this Damn, instant bond to it. me that uh, I just felt that was very visceral and and um yeah I just um I'll never uh I'll never do without it. I <laughs> yeah, I love that man. That's your baby. It just sounds
2: so amazing too, dude.
4: Well, thank you. Yeah, I've, I beat the dog uh, <laughs> shit out of it. I guess I can say <laughs> that here. Um,
0: <clears throat> oh, but
4: yeah, it's really, I've had to put a little bit of tape on it
5: to
0: huh? keep cause it
4: started to show daylight I've kind of eaten through it and I've actually officially made my way through it. So, <laughs> but, um,
2: it's like your um, own personal trigger, man. I love it. <laughs> oh. So, and, uh, 1994, man. You're to be young. Tell me about this. When did this song come to you? I mean, it, it was just, it was all, it was there all along, I'm sure. Uh, I was 12 years old in 94, but dude, um, the memories that, that you bring back in this, this song, the first time I ever heard it, like, I was seriously hair standing on my arms, goosebump, like none other. And I was immediately, I was 12, 13, 14 again, and I was living life. I was like right back into the fold of it. You say you wanted to create songs for those moments. You gave me one of those moments, man. You took me back and you made me rel- relive so much of my life and so much of my childhood that I loved so much of it. <laughs> for you, though, where did that come <clears throat> from, man? How did this song come about?
4: Um. Well, yeah, it, uh, well, I drink a little water. Yeah, here, man, <laughs> cheers on water for sure i've been overdoing it a little bit late lately vocally so uh, well you were uh, yeah. hanging out with my buddy <laughs> right matt burrell
2: today too i saw in the round podcast you're hanging out with him yeah. today dude he, i love that guy. I good buddy yeah, man. I,
4: I went to south dakota for like six days and the dryness like wrecked my sinuses so i'm i've been recovering since i got back but um i will not make excuses though because that's <laughs> lame but uh
0: but uh, anyway, yeah,
4: the uh, the song actually came out of, I, w- I went to write with my buddy Ben West, who actually wasn't my buddy at the time. He was, uh, we'd only written one song with another person before. We'd never written a song, just the two of us. And, uh, you know, it was just an ordinary day. Just write, oh, I was just going to go meet up with a person I barely know and go pour my heart out, like, you know, like people do. Uh, <laughs> the, I guess, uh, you know, therapists, they do, but... <laughs> But, yeah, I showed up, and I just was uh, started telling Ben, my co-writer, who eventually became my co-producer for the album, um, because of, really, this song. I, I just started telling him the story behind it, and not intentionally. Like, hey, I want to write this song today. I just, I was, you know, trying to get to know the guy. He was trying to get to know me, and we got to talking about our childhood. He's from Ohio. I'm from Indiana, and I was, I got into this, story about this terrible first kiss by just random accident. Like I had this awful first kiss out at a roller skating rink. And, um, you know, my, I met this girl named Amber and, you know, we skated around in circles for a couple of times and held hands. And, and then her mom came to pick her up. I came out of the bathroom and my friends were like, Hey dude, she's waiting outside. Her mom's here. She wants you to kiss her. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, what? Like, I don't even know her. Like, I gotta kiss her in front of y'all, in front of her mom, in front of this roller skating rink, in front of everybody, and, and they're like, Yeah, pretty much. That's you know, it sucks to be you, but that's that's <laughs> your life right now. And uh so I walked outside and she was standing, sure enough, standing out there beside her mom's station wagon with her running <laughs> just waiting for me. So I walked outside and all my friends' faces were, like, smashed up against the glass. (laughs) And I basically headbutted her with my mouth. And, uh... You know, we smashed our face together, and she turned around and got in the car and drove off. They drove off, and she broke up with me, even though we weren't really an item, but she technically broke it off, like, about two hours later on a cordless phone. Oh, man. And I'll never forget, I was sitting on that recliner that I mentioned earlier, and she called and asked if it was me and told her it was. And she said, I don't think it's going to work out, and I was just like, wow, yeah. Yeah, I mean, which was hilarious. All yeah, that damn anxiety you gave me at the roller rink. <laughs> yeah, no, and, uh, so I, I started listening to grunge music immediately yeah, yeah, because of that mm-hmm. kiss. I like, I you know, it was my first uh, attempt at a heartbreak, and um,
5: it was my know, my really... teenage
2: angst, man. That teenage angst got me to the grunge and Nirvana, the Soundgarden. <laughs> I was a big yeah. Silverchair guy. I loved Silverchair back in the day.
4: <laughs> yeah, we had Daniel Johns, but uh, yeah, the uh, I. Uh, you know, for some reason, you know, I feel like I've been through something that would merit me listening to grunge music. And I missed I immediately started listening to Nirvana. Yeah, I heard this song called Something in the Way. And it it basically connected with me. And I was telling Ben all about this. I was like, oh, I can't. I just was laying on my bedroom floor with my headphones on listening to this song. It was like I was just hiding from my pain. And little did I know he was like writing this whole conversation down. He was just like writing it down. And uh, it ended up becoming the second verse Dude. to the song. and uh, and But that was how it started. Hiding in my headphones, laying on the bedroom floor, 1994. Dude. And uh, that was it. I love it, yeah. Because honestly, the minute I heard that song, it took me back to
2: laying on my bed. Probably, I think it was probably with my old CDs. I used to have like a 300 disc changer. I had so many CDs. I'd put them in there and... Oh, yeah. i remembered all the old memories and watching mtv and the spring breaks and everything else oh, man dude it was before the real world and road rules and all the all the reality yeah. shit that that ruined mtv
4: <laughs> yeah
2: before back they, they just
4: became tv instead exactly. of music tv that
2: sucked man that's back when it used to be really good kurt loader and all that shit <laughs> I was oh, yeah. somewhere I ran into Jesse somewhere. I don't know where I was, was from t r l was when I was working. Oh, and wow. I was Jesse, whatever his name was. I'm like, it's crazy. All right, y'all this is gonna be a song if you guys have not heard this that's gonna blow your minds. I'm not gonna lie if you're if you're around at all in ninety four this song's gonna blow mm-hmm.
3: your mind by far, my favorite song ever ever just have to um. tell you ever. <laughs>
2: Even better than Aww, any. When really? I
3: heard when I heard the song, my mouth like hit the floor. Even I was better just better than any like, Matchbox Twenty song. I love Matchbox Twenty, but I love the song. It's my favorite by <laughs> no. far. I love well, you. So, so I'm so excited.
4: <laughs> thank you, Julie. Mm. You're very kind to say that. Well, I'll try not to let you down. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Thanks.
4: All right,
2: buddy, we'll give you the stage. Here you go. All
4: right, here we go.
0: I must admit I felt the flame, Kirk Cobain, a fender Mustang, and TV brought me up. This is your Brain on drugs. And I won't forget that first girlfriend. that got me in the boys demand. I grew up a lot that year. My sweatshirt said no fear. My life was a stereo. And it was everything first one in line for the last dance with Mary Jane hiding in my headphones laying on the bedroom floor nineteen ninety four Tell mom see you later you don't be blowing up my pager When the show's over, I've gone home, and that is, I don't know. Teen spirit in the air, for y'all on cell phone, study all passing notes, yes, no, I don't care. When my life was a stereo, and it was everything soundtrack, first kiss, and I the a roller in pencil, two hearts falling on the hardwood floor,
5: 1994,
0: 1994, think you know it all and you don't know any better, tell yourself you're gonna live forever, fire's and I'm still holding the door. i Here When my life was a stereo back when my life was a stereo yeah.
2: Thank you so much for sitting yeah, down, yeah. talking tonight, and hanging out with us, dude. We've enjoyed every single second of this tonight. Oh,
3: you're Yeah, very it's welcome. been so much, so much fun.
2: You did get me intrigued with those alien talk, though. We, we might have to have you back, <laughs> and you might have me and I. So, like, I, I'm a big history buff. I love history, and it's kind of when I get my little weird quirkiness going. I, I like the paranormal stuff, dude. I, I have a paranormal team on the side. We go into old abandoned buildings and permission of course Just check things out man just to see what else is out i believe there's stuff out there man there's there has to be something else where do we go when we're gone we have to go somewhere right
5: yeah
4: (laughs) yeah for sure yeah uh that's a i don't i don't really know the answer to that but uh but yeah there's something going on out there and Mm -hmm. um i don't know if ufos have anything to do with that <laughs> yeah I, I just, <laughs> no. I don't, i'm not gonna say that i <laughs> saw aliens i just saw an unidentified flying <laughs>
2: that's why i had um i had astronaut chris hadfield on about a month ago and i asked him that question and what do you say he goes well no we don't know he goes we don't know yet <laughs> We haven't got that far yet.
3: <laughs> yeah, he was interesting, yeah. too. He was, yeah. yeah. he was looking good. Man,
4: so. that's a hell of a guest. I oh, would love to have picked his brain.
2: Dude, too. He's he was awesome. And just to have him and be able to talk to him a little bit was... He had a new book that came out, too.
3: Yeah, He just released oh, a new wow. book. Super... He was really cool and mm-hmm. really smart and, yeah. like, down to earth, but... He was really cool. If you ever get a chance to listen to the podcast, yeah. go back and listen because it was really okay. good.
2: He's out. Uh, he, he actually so got a gig nice. with Bowie's band, so he did Space Odyssey in in space. And David Bowie's band actually has him touring with him every now and then. Whoa! That's really cool, man. (laughs) Talk
3: about somebody who's accomplished a lot in his life. He he's accomplished a lot.
2: A lot like Stephen Wilson Jr. here too, man. Very exciting. Amazing boxer, amazing songwriter, Mm. amazing scientist, dude. You've accomplished, like I said, so much. But I feel like you still have a lot to accomplish and a lot to go, dude. Because you're gonna have some number ones. You're gonna be playing some badass arenas and places. You're going to do some good things, dude. I see it coming for you because you're a good person, dude. You're a damn good person. And um, I love that because you're you're putting your positivity on others now, man. You, you, you took the life that you were given and you turned for it around sure. to something to be so amazing, dude. And thank you for gracing us and being present and bringing all that to us. So thank you for that.
4: Oh man. Thank you. I'm a, I'm a blessed man and I'm just grateful to you know, to be here and grateful to be able to do what I do. Um, It really is a gift.
2: Thank you, man. Well, thank you for sharing your gift with all of us, because we were so damn lucky to be able to have that. So, Uh,
4: well, well, thank you. I, I I think music is magic. and uh, It's just like one of the, the greatest things in the world. So I, um, but yeah, thank you again so much, (laughs) y'all. Thank you, man.
2: And you have a great night. Uh, Appreciate everything. And we'll catch up down the road. Yeah. I promise. So, I wish you the best of it. luck, buddy.
4: Thank you. Same
2: to y'all. Uh, God bless. Bye. Yeah. Uh, ah, y'all, that was a good one. <laughs> that was like a good one. We could have went on. I could have went longer with him. Mm-hmm. I could definitely dug into whatever he saw on the road. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been fun. Yeah. But the history, I think he has, like even you said. I mean, he 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 was he had a rough life yeah, coming up, think- but he turned it into something amazing. I was reading comments <laughs> no that's okay i
3: lost my train of thought too no i uh you okay, know I, there's something so deep about him you know and i think that that's probably why his music resonates with so many people and it tells such good stories Is he really is very thoughtful and intentional you know
2: a lot of good stuff very cool. and a lot of good things coming out of this guy uh dig into his his, album, or his songs are out there to the devil hometown you guys heard the beginning "Year to be young Tons of good stuff is out there. A couple of cuts that he had with Brothers Osborne and some other stuff. If you guys are overseas, if you're over the pond, he's going to be traveling in Europe with Brothers Osborne coming up very, very soon. So definitely check him out. Stephen Wilson Jr. is going to be a name you're going to be hearing a lot of coming up. So, um, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight on episode 104 with Stephen Wilson Jr. Uh, like I said, he's going to do some amazing things. I want to wish him nothing but the best and can't wait to see what he does coming up in 2022 and even on past then. So catch up on any, anything you missed past episodes, everything over at on Uh Make sure you're following our Instagram page at fast on Memphis underscore podcast for all your updates. And we're going to be off until the 26th, so about 20, 12 days or so until we have another episode. But we're going to be coming back with another amazing episode and another badass singer-songwriter. So we'll see
1: you all then. Can't wait. The Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver is brought to you by Arlo Revolution. As we close the book on another chapter, remember, music gives a soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and life to everything. Next week, Aaron connects more melodies and memories with other fans and the artists they love. Thanks for being a part of this musical journey, and we'll see you next time on the Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver.